What's up, everybody? It's the Smoking Tire Podcast. Uh, this episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast brought to you by one of my favorites, Omaha Steaks. You got Father's Day coming up, and uh, unless your father happens to be a vegan, unless your dad's like the new post-heart attack Kevin Smith, he'll probably love meats from Omaha Steaks. If I was your dad, I'd like meats from Omaha Steaks. And I know, because they sent me a box to try, and there's like so many things in this box and uh, for a ridiculous price. Check me out. I swear to God, this is going to be awesome. Omaha Steaks, they'll deliver you the hand-trimmed, hand-frozen, vacuum-sealed meats directly to your door in an Omaha Steaks cooler with some dry ice. You're going to get a bunch of of different variety options in there. Highest quality cuts with a one-of-a-kind flavor. It's all USDA inspected for quality and aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavor and tenderness of the cuts. But here we go. Check this out. In the box, you get two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, a pound of steakhouse fries, four caramel apple tartlets, those are ridiculous, by the way, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and four more grill-ready grill ready Omaha steak burgers free with purchase. You know what I did with those burgers? I actually made rice bowls out of them. I chopped them up and made rice bowls. It was good. Get this limited package, right? Limited time only. $49.99. All of that stuff I just told you, $49.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and type tire in the search bar and add the Father's Day gift package to your cart. All right? You follow me on that one? omahasteaks.com. Then type tire in the search bar and then add the Father's Day gift package to your car. Even to your car. Even if you're not a dad, you're not going to be a dad. Don't even have a dad. This is a great deal no matter what. Okay? OmahaSteaks.com. Type tire in the search bar and then add the Father's Day package to your cart. It's going to be delicious. We're also brought to you by AutoTempest.com. It's your one-stop shop. Literally, instead of having to go to all these different uh, websites, Cars.com, CarsDirect, CarSoup, whatever, eBay Motors, Instead of having to do all that work, I hate double work. Go to autotempest.com and search all those places, plus Auto Trader and all of Craigslist, like national Craigslist, for one click. Boom, done. It's all, all, all the place in one. And uh, Auto Tempest has been with us a while. We love them very much. And when I'm either, if I'm looking for a specific car, or as I'm sure many of you do, just browsing around, autotempest.com saves you time. It saves you time. It saves you energy. It gets it all done in one place, autotempest.com. Um, lastly, stay tuned to the end of this episode for our segment uh, featuring the Haggerty.com newsletter, Collector's Car Corner. Whatever you'd like to call it. I like Collector's Car Corner. I think that works. Uh, Haggerty.com slash newsletter, whether it's uh, their magazine, their uh, articles on collecting cars, or, of course, Haggerty Insurance. They've got it all over there. And now, on this episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast, we've got a really interesting show for you. It's uh, Nick and Todd from the new Discovery Series Sticker Shock. These guys are uh, car valuators. They are collecting experts. They've worked in auctions. They have some really interesting stories, and we discuss what the state of the collector market is. It's a great show. Uh, stick around, sit down, pull up a chair. Smoking Tire Podcast. Here we go. Three, two, one. 
Dun, 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 dun. Hello, kids. Smoke and Tire Podcast. Daytime show, but that no longer matters because it's dark as fuck in here. How y'all doing? Uh, this is going to be a, a fun one. We got Todd Wortman and we got Nick Smith from the new Discovery Series show Sticker Shock. Hello, guys. Hello. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Thanks. We've got an Englishman and a gentleman with glasses. It's the perfect, uh, the perfect odd pairing for a uh, for a car show. Perfectly odd. <laughs> we promise to be odd. I'll tell you what, you take the accent now. I'll do the Oh, there we go. Switch it up. It'll be like the prestige. You guys change, and you're the guy who comes so out confused. of the box. Now. now I don't know who to believe more, though. Glasses or English accent. You always, you have to trust the English accent at all times. Hello. You Target? must remember, though, I'm we tell- are both car dealers, so. Oh, trust, shit. Trust is an issue. Can't trust either of you. Damn it. Where do you sell cars, Todd? European Collectibles. Where's that? Costa Mesa, California. Oh, yeah, the land of vintage cars. The land of vintage Porsches and cars in general. There's a lot of cool vintage cars down there, restoration shops and uh, classic car showrooms. Our friend John Bothwell down there. Oh, you know, yeah. You know John? Of course. Uh, he's a riot, that guy. He is. He's like definitely. out of the 30s. What do, oh, yeah. Where do you sell cars, Nick? I work for Worldwide Auctioneers. Oh. So all over. The, it goes with the accent. <laughs> it does. Uh, is, does, is Worldwide Auctioneers a, con, a, a contracting company that works with uh, the big auction houses? Is that no, how that no, works? No, we've, they've been in business for uh, 18 plus years. Uh, they've just taken on uh, Pebble Beach and Scottsdale. Oh. Inaugural shows this year and last August. Oh, so awesome. Just getting their feet wet in that market and uh, stepping it up a notch. Wow. I, and then lost the plot and employed me. I have no idea. <laughs> it happens. The accent, I guess. Yeah, no, it goes a long way, trust me, especially in television. All right, two car dealers in the house, huh? What do you got? What do you got? And in, is there a specialty for the auction house or is it anything vintage and valuable? Anything collectible and valuable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it doesn't and need to be old. In your Porsche then, Todd? European collectibles, yeah, we specialize in Porsche. We're most known for that. That's what we restore in-house. But when it comes to buying and selling, European sports cars in general are our, our passion. Has it been like a lifelong kind of thing for you guys? Uh, yeah. I've always really liked cars and tried to have a different career for about a decade and ended up exactly where everybody knew uh, where I would, which was cars. What did you try? I was in the movie business for oh, really? nine years. Doing yeah. what? I started out at the bottom like anybody else, getting coffee and supporting the production staff. And by the time I decided it was no longer for me, I was a production manager. Oh, okay. So like nuts and bolts type of, yeah. of, of stuff. Logistics. Yeah. yeah. That's, our, that's our, our man Zach here. Is, uh, how I pay the rent. Totally. Good. Television yeah. show logistics. How many, how many uh, filming permits have you secured in the last month? Oh my God! <laughs> it's like eight, eight per city in three cities. That was a busy Ooh, that's month. A, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I and love the, paperwork so much. Apparently, <laughs> and this is for shooting cars. It's a real pain in the ass to yeah. do that kind of stuff. You got to hire the police, and then, but that's how you become friends. With well, the you cops. can just hear the tone of the person looking at the permit. They, they're like. So what are you doing? <laughs> and like, you, you try to downplay it a lot. It's like with our budget, you try to downplay it. Like, ah, these small cameras are going to put on. And then I show up and they had like a red mount on the roof. <laughs> I was like, this is not a small camera. <laughs> oh, man. And then did you guys just sort of uh, fall into TV or did it, did it happen uh, intentionally? Kind of, kind of found us. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it wasn't intentional at all from, from my perspective. I've been a happily a successful car dealer for quite a long time now and i know the director of the show i've known him for quite a long time and we've always kind of kept in touch and he's told me what he's doing and none of it ever really interested me and then 
all of a sudden he had something that was really up my alley, which was a short shooting schedule, and we're really just talking about the values of cars and talking to the owners. How appropriate. Yes. That's very cool. I saw him. So how many, it's, all right, so give us the rundown on the show. And we actually have, we do have the trailer and can play that. But tell us. Can we play that now? We can, yeah. We can play it right now. Go on, go. Do you want to play the trailer first? I could talk over it. We can, I can <laughs> yeah, leave the room. We narrate, go to a bar. No. What would you like? <laughs> we'll play the trailer and narrate the trailer because it's a video and an <laughs> oh, audio God, we're show. Look at it. Oh, no, right here, right it. here. Go ahead, Timmy. Play it up. Sticker shot. Opening credits. What'd you bring me today? A 1916 Model T. He's dressed in period. <laughs> what do you think it's worth? A furry interior. I would a love Scooby to van. A Ford Galaxy. She's not getting here to the grocery oh, store very quickly, is she? <laughs> Top goes down, price goes up. Todd, what's the most Low interesting riders. thing you have found underneath the rear seat? You know. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> what so is the most interesting thing you found in the rear today. seat? I'm going to praise this truck. <laughs> oh, wow. 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 Well, oh, that's wonderful. In the trailer, they're all, wow, wow, wow. Is everyone's car worth more than they think? Oh, of course. No, it's not. It's definitely not that kind of a show. I think that they like to cut these together yeah. with a bunch of wows, but... <laughs> Not all the values work out for the owners. Did you have to? Have you had to. to uh, so basically, it's sort of a, a, a. You know, people bring you their cars and you discuss them, their history, their condition, and then give them a rough price, right? Yes, That's basically. Exactly. Yeah. Does the, do, is there ever a transaction? No. There's <laughs> no transactions? Well, yeah. I put a couple of the, bids in. Uh, you know, the. The casting for the show was really, uh, they vetted the people pretty well. They wanted people extremely passionate about their cars, and they found kind of the we'll never sell it type, yeah, yeah. and they brought them in to explain it. So the values really have very little influence on the people, since they've already yeah, explained yeah. why they would never sell it. It's, <laughs> it's, their, it's their third child. Um, it is interesting, I guess, to to remove the transactional element from the show. I guess most people that plan on keeping something forever don't typically get it appraised very often, do they? No, I mean, unless it's like a gullwing or something, and you're trying to insure it, you know, and you right. bought it in the in the '60s for six thousand dollars, and now it's a million or something. And when you do what we do and you're you're talking to somebody about their car and they're saying they'll never sell it you pretty much just find yourself making recommendations on how they can take better care of it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i saw you know the, i saw the uh, the episode that i guess premieres or shows tomorrow in which uh, a guy has a really interesting cab over pickup truck which okay. i want to say it was in the trailer what was it a corvair yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the front. It's like that was a, Randy's deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a cat with, yeah. <laughs> with the furry interior. And uh, man, he was surprised. He was surprised. He had a furry pickup truck bed. He actually had a bed full of fur. It was. What are you gonna do with that? I could think of what he probably oh, does with that. <laughs> but it was a. It seemed, at least in the one episode I watched, that it was a pretty heavy American car focus. Is yeah. that it is? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so that's throughout the whole show, not just a, not exclusively no. by any no? stretch of the imagination, but but uh, definitely we've had a Bentley, we've had an Austin Healey. Has anyone brought anything like crazy valuable? No. Mm, not, no. Well, not by our stands. No, okay. So no no GTOs. <laughs> no. I got a Ferrari Day Dayona yeah, something. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Right. yeah. Actually, there is a guy right up the street building what you could call a Ferrari Dayona. Yeah. <laughs> There's the a guy yellow. being a Fier building a Fiero oh, no. 308 oh, up the street. Oh, nice. It's uh 
It's not good. <laughs> you, we can appraise yeah. that. We haven't seen it. It's not worth anywhere near what he thinks it's worth. We can say that. <laughs> sure. I mean, but in the end, it, when people finish those, after all their time and all their effort into them, they could have just bought a, a, a 348 or something. Totally. I mean, totally. You, you could almost get there yeah. by the time you're done with that thing. And a 348, not as bad as people say. No. I mean, no, kind of bad by Ferrari standards, but, but like, not definitely terrible. better than that thing. Better than, yeah, better than yeah, the, yeah. the Dayona, <laughs> which I think yeah. will be the new nickname. The Dayona. Uh, so outside, you know, if the show, have you have you guys in your professional lives and other outside of this television show ever really had to disappoint somebody with, with evaluation? Like, have you ever had to break the news that, like, someone's shit is not numbers matching or there's been a big crash or, not. really yeah oh yeah how does Absolutely. that how does Very that usually go that. everyone has the moon and the stars and, <laughs> and the crown jewels and everything else and we have to very gently break it to them exactly how they got to that conclusion and how completely out of their mind they are and we have to point them in the right direction is it a uh what's the market like right now is it a buyer's market is it a seller's market is it the market is very good for things that uh have no issues in their history file. You know, I mean, a, a car that's really good, original colors, original engine, uh, documented history, all that, very fine. Uh -huh. uh, trying to sell anything right now that um, has some issues or, or isn't very correct, uh, that's a problem. Really? Yeah. So if I wanted a driver quality something, is now a good time to be aggressive and go find it and yeah, beat yeah, someone absolutely. up on the price? Yeah. Absolutely. If matching numbers on an important thing because you're going to drive it and enjoy it yeah absolutely great does, time. does it depend on uh which brand because it seems like the, the porsche community is much more open to modified things than like a ferrari community was but has that changed I think has that, there has might that just be a lot a more modifying options available to porsche owners well people are modifying porsches left and right and people are appreciating other people's modified cars but they're not being sold oh okay they're not you know um they're not they don't go on the market. So a guy builds some wild thing, and he's sort of stuck with it. Uh, for lack that could of, be a good way for in, lack too. Of a better term, yeah. yeah. Buy so, someone's buy someone's like hot rod Porsche. You probably get a good deal on something that's fun to drive. Yep. definitely. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's like tanking right now? Anything is anything just like forget it. I think the market's really quite unpredictable we just had a sale in texas i would have thought american iron would have done well there we had modern european stuff do fantastically well i'm not surprised Bentley's by that Rolls at all. And, and ferrari did great the modern ones yeah huh. but, the, but 60s american iron didn't do well yet in scottsdale 60s american iron was doing so much better scottsdale's as a isn't scottsdale a much where in texas were you arlington where the hell is arlington that's like Dallas adjacent. Oh, okay. I think Scottsdale is probably a much older town than than. Uh, but it's an international town at that point. Everyone flies in for those auctions. Maybe. Yeah, you're, probably, was, you're um, probably better it's, than. It's a bit. It's a bit odd. The, the, as Todd said, the, the the cream of the crop, matching numbers, pure as a driven snow stuff. One owner from new original paint, etc. That were beautifully restored by the right people. Yeah. There's lots of money around for that kind of stuff. The market's really strong, but that second tier stuff. That, it seems like is that the the stable blue chip kind of thing is numbers matching, regardless of marquee or generation, is always a safer bet than this was modified, but but it was modified by like a really smart person or or someone yeah. with a lot of accolades or whatever. Any just, anything that you have to explain 
you can have a problem with at the moment. <laughs> That's a good pay. If it's modified, but you could be like, it's an Emery 356. That is, it's the end of it there. That's there's no explanation required, right. but it's like, right. well, it was an E, but it runs a twin <laughs> yeah. plug and yeah. it's got an RS this and yeah. it's got an S that and a T that and it's like, oh boy, here you yeah. go, right. Here you go. Have you seen the American Iron? Like that was huge in oh, like the 05, 06, You know the early aughts. The market was just going crazy for that. Has that shifted because of the generations have shifted their financial freedom, or is it just interest change? Do you think? I think those markets are doing really well. Yeah. Presently, okay. uh, you know they they took a dive when when everything did, um, but. You know, since then we've shifted from borrowed money to a lot more actual people cash. buying with cash, and then that changes their um, that generally changes their need to sell. So you know, you just hold on to it if you don't like uh, the market price that that you're being offered. Oh, okay. Actually, I I didn't go to to your house in Scottsdale. I'm sorry, I missed it. I was there this year, but I did go to um, to Gooding, and I went to Barrett, and to I guess it's Russo and Steel. Russo and Steel's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that place is fun. But uh, <laughs> we were I was actually shocked at some of the prices. In a, they were high. Some yeah. of the cars mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, there's no, but they you know fit basic bolt-on modification late sixties Mustangs are fifty, sixty thousand dollars. It's like, whoa, where do these things come from? I expected pro touring cars to be like, but no, they were they were selling for real money. It was interesting. Yeah, the Resto Mod thing was did really well, uh, and I think that's testament to people wanting to drive today. They uh, they don't want something to to stick in the garage and just stare at. They want they want something to drive. Where do you guys stand on? All right, here's a question for you. We had yesterday, we had um, the actor Scott Eastwood in here, Clint's mm-hmm. son, nice guy, got a Ford GT, the new one. Mm. We're having this debate. We're having this debate because he's he's well off. He's not hurting for for cash, but potentially, you know, you you vacuum pack this Ford GT, and in two years there could be you know quite a lot of money in it for you. It could be like a three hundred percent investment or something like that. You know, a million dollars, two million dollars. Who knows? Do you drive your new Ford GT or do you vacuum pack it? You drive it. I think you drive it too. You drive it. <laughs> That's actually a loaded one. The uh, the contract for the Ford GT says that you can't sell it for two years. Well, that's what I said. Right. You so vacuum- you can't legally sell it. There were two no, no, people that I- sold them for two million bucks recently, and one just sold for two and a half million dollars at Barrett. Uh, but it was <laughs> it was a backdoor deal because the guy actually gave it away. He oh, donated it thing. and he went to charity. Yeah, did two yeah, and a half million dollars yeah. in two years' time the market will be flooded with people who haven't driven their Ford GT. So, yeah, I agree. Drive it. You, you think that there will be enough museum pieces in two years to satisfy that market that you might as well drive and enjoy and yeah. hit that next tier price point or might whatever? Well. Or just, fuck it, you're rich, just drive the thing? Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> That's more the thing with, like, yeah. especially when you're buying a Ford GT and it's not your only car, like you didn't mortgage your house. Well, or, or it's more of a question of, like, how low do the production numbers have to be for mileage to be irrelevant, you know what I mean? Or, or it varies diff- greatly from mark to mark as well. Yeah, I mean, well, Miley- when do people stop asking about mileage? Never. <laughs> no, never. never. If you were selling a never. GTO, no never. one's asking about mileage, right? That's true. If you're selling a like a, a, a D type, no one's asking about mileage, right? So five million bucks, do you stop asking about miles? Where do you stop asking? Well, then you t- if it's an old car, you're getting into the originality. Is it real mileage? Or, Has or it been bubble wrapped and it's just been dragged out of a barn with 3,000 miles, etc.? Then it's going to factor into it. But at some point, yeah. With age, I think it drifts away. Yeah. 
like once the car's like 50 years old, it's all condition and miles don't really seem to matter anymore, maybe. Yeah, unless you can prove that it's low miles. Yeah, I guess if you have the doc, if it's like, you know, documented 5,000 miles from new or whatever, and yeah. then, yeah. How do you just is, document that? Is there like a, a range of, you know, zero under 100 miles is like a tier of pricing, and then 100 to 2,000, and then 2 to 10, is there like different... I don't know, do you guys see that kind of thing? And then if you're if oh, yeah. you're, it's fifty no, to one hundred, but under six figures, like I think that those are are good yardsticks. I think under under a thousand, under five hundred, those are two different tiers. And then you you're okay up to like twenty five hundred miles, and and so on. And then ten thousand is a big barrier. And then for most of the stuff after that, it's just go for it. It's driver quality yeah. once it's yeah. beyond okay. that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in like a thirty five thousand mile O five four GT. For two hundred, yeah, that's where I see yeah. a lot of value. Exactly, in like that. I I've Great seen um, Ferrari five ninety nines with mm-hmm. forty five thousand miles on them for eighty grand, and you're that like, that is awesome. And you're, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, how do I not do that? Yeah, because yeah. that car probably would run great. I bet the you that car's been served. Oh, the engines are the tough. Engines it's are not fine. about the engines. No. Here's what it's about with a five ninety nine. In my experience, ceramic brake service. Yeah, because it's twenty grand. Yep, at least for a five nine nine clutch. Yeah, which is not as bad as other cars, but yeah. And then it's like uh, the diff. I right. used to work for an exotic car rental company, yeah. and the cars would have the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. And we had to replace one diff, and it was like, oh, my God. It was, you know what I mean? It was like, don't even try it. Right. But that's a great car at a driver quality for eighty grand for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's and a lot of car. What's the stick shift one? Like 700 or something like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, could those be... Could you convert? Is that a, is there a possibility for conversion there? From um, F1 to, to stick? Yeah, in a 599. That, I know that they're converting other cars. I yeah. don't know about the 599. My, a friend of mine did a... I don't want to call it homebrew, but uh, had a local independent Ferrari shop convert a 360 to stick. The Delta was enough mm-hmm. that it was worthwhile. If the hmm. Delta was forty grand from an F one to stick, and he, he right. converted it for fifteen, and he ended right. up with a car that was worth twenty, you know, dip more, whatever, worked out. Yeah, I was. Just, I don't know if there's gearboxes available for the five nine nine. Like, what? Does, what do you use? Does that go back to the explanation thing where you have to say it was an automatic, but now it's a manual, but it was converted by? Like, does that go back to that? Well, the Delta, it could be. Eighty to seven hundred thousand. If you can convert it for twenty-five or thirty grand, and it's worth a hundred and twenty now, yeah, you're ahead. Yeah, yeah, true. As long as you're not representing it as original, oh, but right, it's right. better than the alternative. It, it just boils down to the math. I mean, Ferraris for a long time um, in the U.S. You could buy a converted Euro for less money than a, a U.S. model, and people would just be like, "Okay, I'm going to go save twenty grand, and so what? I've got a Euro that's been." been federalized and that's fine and it's cheaper when you buy it and it's cheaper when 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 you sell it how late could you do that like the 308 and the f40 was like the end of the 360s no 360s oh you could buy yeah the euro was such that uh the euro and the demand was such in i don't know 2000 to 2003 yeah around nick absolutely that you could just buy a car in europe drive it on the autostrada for a little bit and ship it home and uh, that would be that there were companies that would just do it all for you yeah. they had the the gauge cluster and whatever else they needed to do headlights and <laughs> something else wow. and, 
at the rental company, we had a 360 that was in kilometers. We did. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Our, our oh theory, God, yeah. Actually, our, our theory to this day is that it was an express car because it was a 99, uh-huh. had a bunch of miles on it, and it was fast as fuck. Really, really, really fast. It would walk challenge cars. Hmm. It was like this marvel of a car. And in the, at the rental company, we got it up to like 150,000 miles. It eventually burned to the ground on the Palisades Parkway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, it toasted, but it was so fast. And our, our only theory about it, because of this kilometers thing, and it was an early 99, and there was some weird stuff on it. Our theory is that it was somehow a press car from hmm. the New Jersey press office that ended up being sold at an auction or something. and. Crazy. I don't know, but I didn't realize you could, you could actually get Eurospec Ferraris <laughs> until 2003. That's oh, yeah. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the issue was the companies. Then they started to rack their prices up because you had to go to a certain place yeah. to have the quality of work that was was um, yeah. was uh, acceptable in the marketplace. And so they started bumping their prices up. And they that's were just a hammer. That's very funny. I had a I had a Vanquish that was converted at works. To stick. Oh, cool! Really? So, yeah, did you? Yeah, have you seen those change yeah, hands yeah, yeah, at auction? Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, yeah they yeah. bring good money. There's one on the market right now. Is there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, Autosports, de- Autosport Design. Yeah, yeah. So Autosport in Long Island, yeah. they do conversions they do. there. Yeah. yeah, I haven't. Have you seen one of their cars up close? Are oh, they, yeah. Are they nice? Yeah, yeah, very nice. Do they do it exactly how it works? Does exactly. It? Oh, okay. Yeah, they're. They're a fantastic shop. That's where they get the parts. I've no, I've, I've, I haven't heard anything bad about it. But I, I was sort of like, you know, if I'm going to go all in, like, let's get that works paperwork. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Let's just keep yeah. that because I, because like the people on your show, my car is like in the never sell department. Okay. So I wanted to make it drive better, hmm. and it drives way better. They <laughs> have a it drives I sold, beautifully. I sold last year. It drive. It's a. It's a. Killing you know. Me. It's a Tremec. It's a. It's a yeah. Viper gearbox. Same gearing as a Viper. The pedal box is small, so I have big feet. I got to drive it either barefoot or driving shoes. You now you got three pedals in there, mm-hmm. but it is. It is about as good as you think it would be. And I had them wire the. You know, it's got the vacuum operated exhaust. I had them wire it open, so it's like <laughs> just loud. All the, that's fucking great. It's so nice. It's so nice. But I need, uh, Tom. I need to make a phone call. Get one if you're in. Get. I mean. Honestly, you get, if you can find a great, and if you can find an S, especially, you know, especially if you can find an S for a yeah. good price, dude, it is great. I, I sold one. I bought one for a present last year. It, it was the most amazing car to watch being built. We went. I, I, I worked for Aston Martin, Beverly Hills. And we went over to England. We went through Newport, Newport Pagnell, where they built the V8 and they built the DB9 by hand. Yeah, absolutely. But then we went to where the Vanquish was, and there was this old boy, and he's rubbing away with it. And they built the car, the rolling car, in one half of the, the factory, would roll it down the hill to the to the, um, to the sidewalk, stop, wait for the light to change. Right, lads. And push it across, across the, the road, <laughs> and then put the drivetrain in. Wow. It was like, by hand. It is the most, everything about Aston Martin is so ridiculous. You can't yeah, believe nice. things get done over there. And uh, Morgan, same thing. Have you been to Malvern? To the no, Morgan no. factory? No. We need to build another car. Pop out and cut like, tree down. <laughs> I like Morgan's, but no. You I haven't you, been. Oh, my God. It's a must-go. It's like You said downhill. The Morgan factory is a ramp that zigzags down a hill. And they just <laughs> push oh, the brake the test. That's the brake so test. Funny. Install that first. And yeah. it's, you know, it smells like wood. It's, there's carpenters <laughs> like in there, and it's just it's so ridiculous. You cannot believe that this place is making cars like this. And then as soon as you walk out of there, you go, 
what can I give them money for? They they must need some money. What, whatever. <laughs> what can I take home with me that? Yeah, look at <laughs> this. Is, this is the fucking Morgan factory, dude. That shit is real. It's nice. so crazy. And then uh, it's dude. Oh, what a great place. It's if you're in England, it is a. That's a terrible picture, but it's a must go. The smell. It's like it smells like high school wood shop <laughs> so fucking beautiful great. cars so, yeah i find the cars really charming still you know they're so it's as if nobody told them that the modern world exists totally right? great yeah and they just they show up in their tweed and they're just they're ready to rock and dude it's like, like you, you go there and take an iphone photo and they're like what's that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there there is wow. some of the crazy and then you see something like the the aero super sports which right. looks like you know steampunk and kind of crazy and you're like this factory built this fucking thing? I love like, that what? car. I got to drive one. You were driving Arrow Super Sports? No, it is no. so awesome. It's like the great Gatsby with the pontoon fender. <laughs> you know, and you've got a BMW V8 with an exhaust about 18 inches long that comes out the side. And you've got these three tiny little windshield wipers. that it, And it's like all this engine turn stuff is so cool. What does it feel like to drive? Like a hot rod. Oh, really? Like a like a long nose fucking sit at the back hot rod, like a huge caterham. Like modern suspension though, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. no, it drove suspension. nice. No, okay. it drove really. I don't want to go do it, a track. It'd like, my, it drove good. it'd like my Lotus. I've got a uh, Westfield. What's a Westfield? It's a caterham. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Westfield Seven, but right? With the Rover V Eight. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Really? Yeah, that's, well that's done. Probably awesome. Where yeah. is it? Is it here? Yeah, 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 just up the road. Great. No, I nearly drove it in actually, but uh, I had to move a couple. Does of cars it like? It does everything fit? It uh, yeah yeah. It's got the turning circle of, a, of the QE2 until you hit the right <laughs> pedal, and then it just spin around on. Does it look like that? It's like one of those deals. Good for that's you. Exactly that. Is that a, that's that's yours? No, that's not my old car. Yeah, look at that. It's very nice. Looks. It actually looks a lot more. Com is it more comfortable than a regular seven? It is so unbelievably comfortable. It's sort of like a Rolls Phantom kind of approach to it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as your knees are backwards, yeah. Um, you have tiny feet, and you're really close with your passenger. And that's got a, the V a V8 in it? it. It does. It has crumple zones that are your knees. <laughs> um, right. It's it's un I've got some fabulous photos sitting on La Cienega Boulevard behind an SUV and next to another one. Oh with, my god! Where I was just like manhole <laughs> level, but it's good fun. Do you build that or did you buy it? Oh no, I bought it. Are you guys wrenches as well? You are, Todd. No, right? no, no, I'm not. I wish. <laughs> no, no, no. I I, I fucking no, hate I've got wrenching. hammers. I I just pay. I work hard at my job yeah. so I can pay smart people to do those things. Yeah. But uh, so what else is in the personal fleet? So Todd rolls up in a G wagon, it's a yep. five hundred, a five hundred, yeah, late model. Have you seen the new one? I, I have, yeah. Kind of cool, actually. I like it. I just saw the interior today. It's really nice. I know, it's pretty neat. And then what do you? What else do you have at home, Todd? Uh, not much right now. I'm I'm sort of in between. I just sold a uh, my nine sixty four Porsche. I had a Carrera two in Tahoe blue. What's Tahoe blue? Is it it's the light just blue? This ultra ultra bright. Metallic blue. I think I know that blue. It was. Oh, there it is. I see that. I see it right there. Yeah, it's like a like a really bright yeah. sky Ooh, blue. Very cool. Very bright color. Great color. That's got a really nice shine to it. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. So I like that car, but I sold it, and uh, you do, I bet you did good on that. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> anybody with a nine, anybody with a nine six four is real happy right about now. Dumb. Oh my god. That's a good a good choice. Okay, so what do you think is going to replace that? Mm, I don't know. Right now, I'm just kind of holding off, waiting for the next opportunity. I've done. I, I've had a lot of fun with my personal fleet over the years. What are some of the uh, the highlights? 
Um, the back catalog. I bought a, a boxer, a 512BB, oh. from the original owner in Mexico City. And it had this just crazy history to it and all the documentation. And it hadn't run in a long time. And I'm very good friends with a great Ferrari mechanic named Chris Dugan. And I really transformed this car mechanically, but kept it all original and uh, owned it for, I don't know, three or four years and took it to an auction and did absolutely fantastic. Those things had a huge spike a they couple a of huge, years ago. Huge they spike. sat at a hundred grand for about two decades and then yeah. had a huge spike. Yes. Why did they have such a huge spike? I don't know. I, I, other than the fact that they are very good cars and very very fun to uh, to drive. Did you enjoy driving it? I did. I loved it. I, I only drove one once back in the day for like ten minutes, and I remember it feeling like a tractor. <laughs> the, <laughs> the problem is, is that when they were a hundred grand, people weren't taking care of them uh -huh. properly. So you go on a test drive, and you're like, oh great, you know this this isn't doing all that well. I can see why they're not selling. I can see their why why they're in the doldrums. But I actually totally sorted one out, and it was great to drive, mm. and I let a couple different people drive it, and then I put it in an auction and it did fantastic. What color? Uh, blue. Great. I like yeah. the non-reds on those. If yeah. someone out there has a 512 BBI, they would like to let me have a go in. The last one I drove, I didn't love, but I would love to have my mind changed on that. I would love, love. I'd rather have you drive a carbureted, so stick with 512 BB. Oh, BBs, okay. Rather than the I, but that's up or, to whatever they want to loan you. Or if you have a 365. There, there you which go. Which I've never, I've, I've never had a go in. That's the small engine one, folks, for those of you out there. Slightly smaller. A little smaller, yeah. and you can tell because it's got this very bizarre three exhaust pipes per side configuration. Yes. yes. I knew a guy who had one, and I, I made a complete ass of myself by being like, what the fuck is, what is that weird, stupid exhaust? He's like, no, <laughs> stupid, shut up. And he, and he really schooled me on those. Have you driven a 365, either of you? Yeah. You've driven oh, yeah. What is the difference driving them? I've never even discussed driving one. Not a lot. A little bit of torque. Uh -huh. And uh, they have uh, some significant cooling problems. Uh, the 512BB was a, a much better developed version of it with the, the ducting on the side and better radiators and fans. So that's um, a lot more usable in modern world. Speaking of which, this brings me to a question. If you take a car that is notorious for having an overheating problem, like mm -hmm. a Mangusta or a 365 or something right. like that. Or a Westfield. Or <laughs> something of provenance. And mm -hmm. you modify it in such a way that it adds some drivability. Right. Is that going to negatively affect a value at an auction? or If you follow the Tread Lightly program, which is don't cut vents and things like that, uh -huh. then no, that's absolutely fine. If you put a bigger radiator or convert to electric fans or something like that, like is that kosher? To me, it's totally fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too. I you agree. Know, and you do, probably do, keep the, the stock parts, right? Like if you do that kind of thing. Like that's keep the, the stock parts. You know. Explain that it was you know, prepared for actual road use, not just a Concours. And then I think I think people understand. Yeah. What is, uh? let's see. Where do I want to go with that? What else? What, what do you, about, oh, sorry, go I want to ask. So you said you've had a lot in your personal collection. You've yes. probably driven a lot. Is there something that you haven't checked off the list? Like uh, you know, no. it's an itch. I know. I know you want to own it. We all want to own Endless. everything. But like, <laughs> you know, realistically, like, what's the next box? You've like, I've been circling these for like, you know, twenty years or something. Is there something like that? Um, I'm not currently searching, so that means that I haven't really zeroed in on the rest. I've kind of went through the pecking order of early 911s, and then I had a Ferrari phase, and now I'm just kind of 
waiting on the next. You know, everything is pretty well cooked right now. And so uh, I like to get in on uh, the earlier phase of their their rise in value. Mm, what's and, in the toilet and right now? Them. Yeah, I don't know. What's <laughs> in the toilet you? right now? Panteras were kind of the not great Panteras were sort of cheap at Scottsdale. Right. There was a couple like very minty, very expensive Ooh, ones and the rest right. were all like 45 grand. Well, I mean, that's a conversation we can have all day long of what's undervalued, what's not. But I think that the specific question that, that I was taking was, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And that is, if I'm going to own it for a couple of years, I'm going to give it garage space, I'm going to yell at the kids for keeping the strollers away from it, then it better be something that I like to drive, <laughs> and I'm just not a Pantera guy. Fair. So when it comes to you know buying something for my business, I'll buy something undervalued any day of the week and, and not, not worry about it. But if I'm going to own it, I need to like it. That's fair. It's fair. Is the experience of owning a late 70s 12-cylinder Ferrari match the mystique of owning a late 70s 12-cylinder yeah. Ferrari? Yeah. It was re it was overall a rewarding and yeah. worthwhile experience? Yeah. It was a really great driving car. What if you didn't make money on it? Would it still be worthwhile? Yeah. What if you lost money? <laughs> was it that no, good? No, you know? no, now you're diving no, straight I'm, into no, the I'm just psyche. curious, because someone out there, people, people fucking email me all the time, what's it really like to own whatever? It's like, it's a car that you drive and it makes you feel nice. But like, you know, it's... To me, the, a lot of the mystique around exotic cars is gone. They're, they're nice, they're engineered well, they're fun to drive, but the, the magic isn't there. I don't know, and some people feel that there is a magic. Well, there You've is a magic, and um, I would just say that I wouldn't have sold it if it was, because I liked it so much, I wouldn't have sold it if it was a loss or didn't you know, perform the way that I had hoped. Well, that's a good one. If you if you keep it, you know, and you go, well, worst case, I've got a great car. And that's that. And that's circling back to what, what we were talking about, about putting miles on the thing. Yeah. If you lose money and you've put 10,000 miles on it, and you've lost X dollars. Yeah, what is that 10,000 miles worth to you? Exactly. Yeah. That can amortize over the over each mile that you put on. Was it that enjoyable? If yeah. you sat there and looked at it and polished it and screamed at the kids and et cetera, then, then you know, what's the point? I, I had to sell a DeLorean because I spent a lot of time looking at it and no time driving <laughs> you it. You are fine with that. I was. I came out. I made money. I made. I turned a profit. I bet you wish you still had it. I, uh, There's no, a car that spiked. I was the first on the spike. I bought it for. I bought the car for ten, a barn find car, twenty six hundred mile barn find car. Put uh, thirty seven into a restoration, so I was forty seven into the car, and I sold it for fifty seven on bring a trailer three years later after putting three thousand more miles on it. Wow! Yeah, it did well. And the guy, not only did the guy pay buyer's commission, he paid in euros and shipped it to Europe. So this wow. guy paid the equivalent of like seventy grand for this car. Wow. Mm. It was fresh as fresh a delorean as ever as ever there was brilliant uh but i didn't enjoy driving it and it's i it sat and i looked at it a lot um what about you nick what about what's in what's in your history before the uh the seven there at the moment i've got a bunch of restoration projects on the go and like i always tell how many? anyone <laughs> how many is a bunch okay i tell people anyone who listen buy them done so i've got three on the go and a bike i've just got the bike out though and that's um, this is, that's a professional thing though your restorations are these no, are personal no <laughs> this was oh cool let's paint it uh, um no, no it's a <laughs> 74 alpha gtv that uh, well we're gonna dive into that they're uh, lovely hour, it's a oh, it's a lovely car it was a result 
I, there was a crash car and it was a long story. Uh, 57 Alpha Julieta and a Sunbeam Tiger. Oh. What's happened okay. with tigers? Are, are, is anyone, they're through the roof. Are they? Absolutely. They're 200,000. <laughs> shut up. They're $200,000 plus for a nice one, especially if they're blue. <laughs> we, we were at Pebble Beach like... Like two years ago, going, maybe, yeah. and we saw one go across, uh, and it was at like uh, Russo's. It was like a pretty yeah. expensive auction, and it followed, you know, Ferrari, Ferrari, something. And we're like, "What's happening here?" And it crested six figures, and the whole room was totally shocked. It was, it was one of the hard top ones. Don't be shocked. You know, the, they made like yeah. not many with that hard Harrington. top. Was it called the Harrington? Harrington, the, 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 yeah. yeah, Harrington. It was actually, it was a very yeah. good-looking car. Yeah, give me a uh, Sunbeam Tiger Harrington. Those seem very fun to drive. Look at that. That's a fucking little sexy car. It's a little sad. It's 160 horsepower in standard, but it's a 260 or a 289, depending on what year you've gotten. So it's three bucks to make it 300 horsepower. Wait, could you... You could... um they, did they make a Harrington with a V8? They did, right? Or could you only they get that with very few. Yeah, yeah, very few. I, they, I think that might have been the, the rare. It was super, super, super rare and very pretty. Can, is it, can you buy a Tiger and modify it and that's okay? With the, I, with, I have. With I've the gone, I went around all the colors and actually painted the car twice. I painted it a proper sunbeam color and went, oh, no. <laughs> what color? <laughs> oh, dear. What color did you paint it? It's... Ferrari Tour de France blue. Well, that's a nice color. What it's was wrong with it? Beautiful. No, it is now. What was it before? But the, the original Sunbeam Tiger was sad. Sad. <laughs> sad. sad. Come on. It was like a. Um, it was. It was sort of like a school uniform in England blue. It was just nuts. like uh, a princess. Dull. Like a. It like started a really off life nice. as a baby blue, and I've never had uh, okay. good fun with baby blue cars. Yeah. So I, I went the dark blue, and it was just not great. So I've got that nitrous blue on the Focus RS, which is a great nice. blue. And if I ever do another custom car. I would definitely steal nitrous blue for it. Take it's like so many coats to do it because it's got this crazy right. flake in it, but right. worth it. She's sweet. So what is uh, what are some of the highlights of uh, the the weird stuff people brought by the show? Well, a guy brought in a uh, what he called the Blu-ray three. Oh no! He owned two Lancias uh, built in period um, by Nardi. Uh, or actually a project overseen by Nardi using the various, uh, the best Italian um, people in, in his area. So they built these two fantastic cars as show cars, the Blu-ray the Blu-ray 1 and the Blu-ray 2. And this guy ended up owning both of them. And so he would take them around and show them, and Nardi approached him and said, you know, what would you think about building Blu-ray 3? And as I understand the situation, he sort of ran off on his own and kind of started it and built his own car. Nardi did or the owner did? The owner of Blu-ray 1 and 2. Okay. So he built his own car in the, in the what would you say, in the style or in the, in the theory, Nick, you saw this thing? Yeah. In the spirit? I'd say all of that. In the spirit of? In the spirit of the Possibly vodka. What? I don't... I've never heard of the Blu-ray... Oh, you got to look up. Can you look up the Nardi, N-A-R-D-I, Lancia Blu-ray? I've never heard of this. Blu-ray 1 is a spectacular car. Blu-ray, one word, two word? Oh, here it is. This thing? The design study? Oh, those are badass. That's one and two? That's one and two. It's kind of a bubble top... Like a bubble uh, core. Wow, dual cowl sort of thing. Not dual cowl, dual windshield, right? What do yeah. you call yeah. that? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Uh, dual split. cowl that could be appropriate. It, split windshield. Really interesting. Reminds design me of those alpha Very, bat yeah. concepts. Right. Same period. Right. 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 Same yeah. period. Wow. 
So he owned both of those. That's and, gangster. And went and built. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Gangsters gonna drive. No, no, no. Ga- Jetsons. Gangstar. I'm sorry, my vernacular is not West Side. It's very like it's like gangster bubble, just means good. It's like yeah. bubble <laughs> Jetsons front for people listening. It's like a bubbly Jetsons front, and then the back though has like the the little <laughs> angular wings on it. Um, yeah. With a, like a crease on the back three, three uh, quarter panel, and then. Yeah, the double windshield with one, two, three, like three hood scoops, one of which is not really? on the roof. It's like yeah. somewhere between Motorama and yeah. Gia on a launch ship. Fucking hot looking, man. Real cool. D-Tune Batmobile. Yeah. Oh, so what are these worth? Those are absolutely fantastic yeah. styling exercises. They had all of Nardi's go-fast parts in it. Nardi was a big tuner for, for Lancia. So all of that <laughs> makes perfect What's sense. What's the those- undercar? What's that based on? Uh, it's an Aurelia. Oh, it's an Aurelia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is uh, the the roads the bigger roadster, right? Uh, there was a roadster. There was also a coupe. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it was just a, a Lancia chassis for sport touring. So those are fantastic, you know, show car styling exercises with all the speed parts in them. Those cool. cars are. That pair of car is probably you know four million dollars. For, Possibly more. The first for, two for the pair together. Or you, yeah, the pair. Together. The pair. Yeah. I, I would I, estimate. I would have guessed higher than that. I mean, you're the expert, but that seems low for the, something no, that's that it's, pretty. It's hard to be the expert in something that rare. It's really just an opinion. But uh-huh. yeah, Blu-ray one's probably two and a half million. Blu-ray two's probably one and a half to two. And this is Blu-ray three. Yeah. Okay, and what year are we talking about here for Blu-ray 3? This has got to be middle 90s, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to leave you with this one. It's a lot of 90s on this thing. Yep. It's not gone this well. <laughs> F-body hood scoop. Blu-ray 1, 2.5 million. Blu-ray 2, 2.2. for this one. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of a, a single person approaching an OEM and just going, I, got, I made you a present. You know that car you guys stopped building? I kept doing it. And he, you know, come around the corner wow. and see this old okay. undertaking. So the underpinnings of this, Lancia well, Aurelia. <laughs> no. Let's, let's, wait, should we guess? Not Fiero. Is it a no? Mi- it's a cause, Miata. Because we'll be here all day. No. You're very close. It's a Mazda nine two nine. A nine two nine. Wait a minute. Did that have that weird Miller cycle engine? Later on. This is an earlier one. <laughs> okay. This what? is the first year of the nine two nine. The Miller cycle came in in the third year of production when they. Change the name to uh, Millennia. You yes. did a yes. lot of Mazda research, didn't Dude. you? <laughs> Have you seen my paycheck? <laughs> Bro. Okay, so there's a 922. <laughs> is it front wheel drive? He didn't too? keep the original parts, which was unfortunate, especially to the value. I really. Because you couldn't put it back. We're value. further to that conversation. Wait, put, you can't put, put this it back. back up full screen to the Blu ray 3. Put it back to a 929. Yeah. Okay, so this is pretty the 929 is a front wheel drive car, isn't it? Or is it not? Uh, not this one. Oh, no. Okay. No. Wow. It is not good looking. No. So, did some, the original owner of this brought this in? Yeah. Wow. The guy that built it. And, and he has the first two as well? Well, he did. And so, um, you know, in in my initial conversation with him, I was thinking, well, I understand. You've increased the portfolio. You yeah. know, the Blu-ray family just went from two to three. And so, you know, if these cars all stay together, somebody's obviously buying three. Nope. One and two are gone. I just have three. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so, it became difficult to value. Oh, no. 
And I don't we wanna, have to. We really have to save anything else for the show, right? This hasn't aired yet, so I don't want to completely. You don't want to blow it. I don't want to completely squash um, the okay, conversation that I hope everybody watches. Tension. Yeah, there yeah. Was let's, drama. Let's we just. Should we, can we play over under? Can we play? Can we play over under? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna set the over under at seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> It is hot in here. <laughs> would you like some cold water? It's. I mean, it would be one thing if it was remotely good looking. It's just really unfortunate. It have, has rarity on its side. Have you seen Thank more? Than, have you You're seen more than the this. one angle? There should be a lot of. Is picture. there a better angle? No, no, there couldn't be. No. Well, um, that a, way, if you look that way, it's <laughs> infinitely better. Out of my brain. Yeah. Yeah. one of the camera facing the well, other direction. Well, credit to uh, the first two because they're they're very nice. The first two are unbelievable. Which yeah. made me think: whatever happened to those bat concepts? Does Alpha Romeo still own them, or does, does private collectors own those things? Do you know those things? I think all three are owned by Alpha. Are they? they? Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. Yeah. And I, I love where they cars. were. Yeah, you know that Patrick brokered yeah. those from um, the Don Williams collection. The Alpha Bat concept. There was three Todd of and I used to work cars. for the same company many years ago. Really? Yeah. And you brokered those cars? No, our our, our boss, boss at the time was the one that that brokered the three back cars yes. out of the Japanese collection and into the present Alpha? owner. Yeah, what's that? They went to Alpha. I thought they went privately first. So the Whatever. the back cars were these weird aerodynamic studies, and there we got a picture on the screen. These are real cars. Um, Fantastic. I, is that in the correct order? Gorgeous. One, two, three, left to right. I believe it is. Mm, I thought the one in the middle was one. I don't know, but they are the coolest looking things you ever yeah. will see if you ever are lucky enough yeah. to see one in person. They're crazy. Are they? They're based on just regular cars too, right? Like, mm -hmm. like Sprint Specials or Julie? No, Julia's. I don't even know. I would Julia. guess nineteen hundreds. I would guess nineteen hundreds or something. Maybe nineteen hundreds. Yeah. They are. I mean, it's the cool, the coolest fin cars ever. I wonder. I think they're actually aerodynamic at all. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> they had no idea. They oh. move air across them in a strange they do. Pattern, yeah. And then wasn't there an updated concept as well? There was an, a bat concept at a certain point? Uh, yeah, I there guess so. There it was, Look the Bertone Bat 11. That has Jason Castriota written all over it. It does. Wow. And that really looks like... In her handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a blind spot. Yeah, I don't know about the chick, but yeah, that looks... And that probably turned into that Bertone Mantiday thing he made, yeah. which was uh, weird and cool. What Do you guys see... What about the... Do you ever see modern coach-built cars? Yeah. Like that cross Absolutely. The How do they do? Not that great. I mean, Nick and I knew a guy that paid uh, Zagato to turn his 575 uh, Marinello into... Uh, Basically a 250 GTZ. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like and a back... Oh, like that? Yeah. That's the car. Whoa! Yeah. Like, yep. He turned his Ferrari into an Aston Martin. It's <laughs> 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 really <laughs> strange looking. That's very That odd. is a weird looking car, man. So he bought a, wow. a, a used 550 Marinello and paid Zagato to convert it into that, and... He was the first, and so I think he paid two and a half million. Oh my god! For the, <laughs> for the bodywork conversion, wow. um, plus the car, and plus the car, uh, which wasn't cheap in those days. I believe, they're not cheap now. They're they're gorgeous. I believe that they were able to build two or three more for other owners, and since they had already figured it out, yeah. the the subsequent cars were cheaper, but still over a million. Honestly, that I. 
I don't know about you guys. I don't think that looks good at all. No. I, Zagato rarely swings and misses, but the, this time I can't. I can't bite my tongue and <laughs> pretend that looks good. That's Look at not that a rear way. rear arch. Looks like an amphibious vehicle. Well, it looks like you know a lot of these guys who try and put fucking C three Corvette bodies on C six Corvettes. It looks like that. It's like you tried to take something from a certain time period, but mix it with modern wheels. It doesn't work. I'm obsessed with that new um, Lancia Stratos that they built works. on the 430. Have Hell, you seen the black one? Hell yes. Oh, my yes. God. Stunning. Dude, that, that that's works. That's a car. Yep. Yep. It's For amazing. every one of these misses like this thing, yes. there is a win. Look at the black one. There is a win, and that yeah. is fucking it. It somebody is can rock have a bad day and, at work oh, and come out with so that. so sexy. Absolutely. The back. We're Do you think that drives remote? If that drives even a third of how good it looks... That's the yeah. greatest thing ever. No, ab absolutely. Well, if it's based on a four thirty, uh, do they? Do you know if they changed the geometry of the suspension or any of the measurements at all? I've done they, zero research. I have I no can, idea, but okay. that would need to. That's I think they shorten the wheelbase. I don't think that. it's a four thirty chassis. I think it's a four thirty powertrain and the dropped in. They cut. They do a whole different front thing. I don't know. You you may be right. That I, engine is sitting. Looks like right know. over the rear. Oh, oh it's so to, great. Go to the overhead shot. The, that is such a yeah. sexy car. Please, someone let me drive one of those. I heard they're building a few of these. That they're that they're offering this as a, and look at the long. It's a longitudinal engine. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The original Stratos had a transverse, and the engine's yeah. mounted in front of the rear axle. That's crazy. It's a complete 430 Scud powertrain. That's so wild. You guys driven an original Stratos before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. such a weird car. Yeah. Very weird car. Did you drive a road car or a race car? Road. road. And was it nice? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> oh, my God, no. I drove a race car, and it was as raced as yeah. last race, which was, and it was last race at the Monte Carlo rally. Mm -hmm. So it was geared, uh, top speed and top gear was 62. <laughs> <laughs> mm, nice. So it wasn't exactly an ideal experience, but I feel like the normal road cars probably drove a little better. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. If you listen to the video, you thought you were doing 140. Yeah. And, and it was like getting passed by buses. It was uh, you know that, the John Campion collection down in Florida. Right, yeah. He's like a uh -oh. crazy hardcore yeah. Lancia works mm -hmm. enthusiast. It's mm. a full collection of every Lancia works vehicle from. Nice. 1975 wow. to 1988. Wow, Crazy! Yeah. Somebody please let me drive. Not sure about those front lights, though. What are those off of? A Gallardo? Looks like Gallardo lights, don't they? They look like short Gallardo lights. They look like Gallardo lights where you flipped the sides. They're you not Mazda the 929, by the way. Probably. A little bit of What about, guys, what about um, the imports? You know, now it's like 25 years. It's, it, we're, we're, we're getting into the 90s now. I think it's going to get hot with no, the imports. So we're all against it. Shut down. God, I don't want a Lancia Delta. <laughs> so bad. God, I don't want one of those. They're so... I see one driving around Malibu once in a while, and I'm like, that's, oh, that's so hot. Black tan, if you can it, find one. That Ooh. blue right here is very nice. Oh, that's yeah. These, that's the, the best-looking wheel, I think, on any car from that era, bar none. Who made those? The Campagnolo or something like that? Probably they are probably so expensive to replace. Oh, yeah. If you have to replace a set of those wheels, why do I feel like they're OZ now? All of a sudden, I said that. I think they're OZ. I don't know some rally shit. Well, yeah, it's the rally style, which a lot of people did. <laughs> oh, there you go. I love everything Lancia did in this period of time. I just, I just got a little up close and personal with an O three seven. I didn't get to drive it, but mm. it was incredible. Leno was well, that was a good car. one in uh, Scottsdale, right? 
Was there a good opening yeah, yeah, yeah. in Scottsdale? Yeah. Did it, was, it, did it, it was, sell? Yeah, it what sold it very get? well. Mm, I don't remember. Four to five, Somewhere I think. That seems... I would have guessed higher. I think that car That's where they're hovering at the moment. We had a really? couple of um, we, we had a couple of rally cars with the sale that I was at at the time. Is that it? when you when it like uh, people get pulled in, into it? Yeah, the, the ebbs and flows of the tide where it's too many rally cars and then and people can't get the to market can yump <laughs> <laughs> just like a Group B rally car. Yeah, do you find isn't it funny? It's like when when the first car hits that milestone. You know, it's like the first. Gullwing to go for a million. The next year, there's like ten Gullwings on oh, the yeah. rocket, right? Oh my god, yeah. yeah. So what? Wait, what? What hit a milestone this year that's going to bring all the boys to the yard next year? Anyone have? A, was there a new record mm. for anything this year? Mm. There could be nine two nine modified cars. Mm. What is that? <laughs> Mazda nine two nine modified cars. <laughs> um, have I? I was Yeah, the door didn't open this year. I don't, no. didn't see anything. My friend, uh, my friends at Haggerty are all like Diablos. It's all about early Diablos right now. Hmm. Diablos are an issue because they were driven. They're yeah, a driven car, and <laughs> it's one of those cars. If you ignore it and leave it or drive it, it's going to go wrong either way. <laughs> um, so you've got to find a good one that's not modified with guns and rockets and so funny do you know dave vitale <laughs> i used to work for lamborghini <laughs> i watched all that stuff come through oh i know, I know this guy was like this crazy meathead who had this diablo roadster and he put tribal graphics on it mm. and nitrous and straight pipes oh, it yeah. was hysterical yeah <laughs> when I started at Lamborghini, I was explaining that Lamborghini drivers drive, so what we need to do is do a driving event. And I'll never forget six Lamborghinis across the 10 freeway, including both shoulders, <laughs> banging down, um, scaring the hell out of everyone. on the, It was good fun. What, oh, what, well, uh, what era was that? That was 2005. So these would have been oh, like Merces and, Merces and Gallardos? And Gallardos, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think early Merces are with with six speeds are good buys yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. They I are. just drove a six speed Merce and I was shocked at how good it was. But they're good, they good car. They're like all of those cars. Yeah. The basic car is a, is a yeah. is a well engineered piece of kit. Yeah, it's the little buttons and the little things that go wrong because they're they're built down yeah. to, to to money. Yeah, you were stolen from Volvo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always found like it, it was like Ferrari switches would like just fall out, oh, and, like oh, tail yeah. lights would just fall out and stuff like well, that. They're collectors' car. These then are there's the whole collected. era of the soft touch plastic that turned up. Oh, stick, the sticky, sticky plastic. Oh, yeah. oh, Every listing that. on uh, like Bring a Trailer, it's yeah. like stickiness taken care of. Right, <laughs> still yeah. sticky. All the Ferrari dashboards mean, get so sticky. That can mean five thousand different things too. I mean, you, you still have to look at it. The the the, the sticky fix. Is a is a broad term fixed? Yeah, yeah. And a Lamborghini, of course, it means something completely different. It's got a steel <laughs> dashboard. There, the uh, I feel like Diablo's. I'm going to regret not buying one for a hundred thousand dollars at some point. You know, I, it won't fit in my driveway. It won't. <laughs> it won't go down the bloody driveway. Is there no aftermarket uh, nose lift at the front end? Ah, oh, just it's the width. Oh yeah, a great fun car. Yeah, really good fun. We used to have a problem at the at the rental car company putting the the Mercies into the trailer. They would yeah. only go oh, in the yeah. back of the trailer. It was super super annoying. What are some of the most like you know when you guys when you're dealing with these the auctions right the energy of an auction are are you know if you get you get guys who start drinking and stuff at RM or Gooding or Barrett or whatever did. They're spending way too much money. Are these cars well bought at a public auction like that. I mean, I know everyone wants to go to Pebble and buy something, but is that really the way to buy a car? No, 
What's, no. the, what's the way to buy a car? Um, I think the most sort of respectable transaction in the in the collector world is the is the collector to collector transaction. You know, you you buy a car from your friend, really, and you know, he's owned it for a period of time and can explain to you where it's been and all of that. So, yeah. that's the 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 ultimate. And then I think otherwise, you find a a reputable dealer who knows what he's representing and he's spent some time driving it and can speak intelligently about it. Mm. The obituaries are good as well. <laughs> Estate sales. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's with, you know... I can't comment on this. I somebody this wanted me to right. do a yeah, barn yeah, find show at some point. Is there, is there a, uh, you know, a limit to the number of barn finds remaining? I mean, it seems like people kind of think that oh, we're running out of barn finds and then next year someone shows up with some insane thing and you know some dust covered I did a, I did a car rally in November with a guy with a 911 that was in nice condition and he'd wrapped it to look like a barn find it was it was just green and rust <laughs> he wrapped it to me oh, looking oh, to look like a barn find wow it. Okay. that's Sort of fun. Well, he wanted to protect the paint. Yeah, I guess, yeah. What's well, a fun way? To, it's a fun way to do it. Has yeah. have have barn finds always been a I guess a category? Like I didn't really learn about them as and as this thing that was like, oh, this has been untouched and it's you know on flat tires, but it's worth three million dollars because more it's often never been than touched. not, they're a financial anomaly. First of all, just because it was abandoned or left or forgotten in a barn doesn't make it a good car. They can still rust. They can still have had the wrong engine from five years old. Whatever. It doesn't, by definition, make it a good car. Um, yet people just love to be the one to knock the dirt off of them and, and have them restored. A lot of times they bring a lot more money than a comparable driver, which has no unknowns, which you can inspect, you know, and you can test drive. And but yet somebody wants that really dirty, sometimes rusty one to, to take it through the process. Is it, a, is it a story thing where it just gets people kind of stirred up of, I, we found this, I mean, this is a weird analogy, but like a rescue dog where you're like, oh, there's a rescue. It's like, no, it's a, to, to it still build birds. It was interesting on my DeLorean. Free, free, people like that. Well, you, you found a, like a low mileage, unrusted car. But, yeah. You know, there's people that are finding cars that have like oh, tires yeah. with mice living in them. <laughs> yeah. They're not rusted and then they restore it. And that like becomes part of the narrative of like, oh my God, the legend of this car that, that was kind of being reborn. Is that why they sell better or is it? Um, I don't know why they sell better. I think people want to be the, the first one to bring it out of hibernation and make all the choices along the way. Um, if it's original um, and can be saved, meaning like it just needs um, some buffing and the paint has a cool patina pattern to it, that I totally get. Mm -hmm. But to go buy a car that needs a full restoration, including metal work, and pay significantly more than a comparable driver, um, which you could restore for less and still have a, a restored car in the end, that I just don't find the logic in. We uh, we sold a, a way for a company, we sold a, a Bugatti that the Italian owner had lobbed it into a lake in order to avoid paying taxes. Oh, the car in Texas? And, no, in, in Italy. <laughs> <and> it was, <laughs> how many Texas. times did this happen? In Texas as well. God. Yeah. And the sales catalog had photographs of the divers in there pulling it up and roping it up and bringing it up and it was there was a lot of it's a buzz, a buzz about it right wow. over this car yeah. very strange was so, the car in functional condition at the time you sold it or was it no it was not no. oh it this was, was this literally was a rusted out been in the lake for 50 years lawn art oh whoa 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 
when you said Bugatti, I was thinking Veyron. You're talking no, 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 about no, no. the Lady yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Lake car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, Mullins got. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a whole thing. Oh. No, well, so there's a car. Is it called Lady of the Lake? lake. Is it called Lady of the Lake? Yeah, there yeah. it is. Uh, Peter Mullen, yeah, right. his uh, uh, collection in Oxnard has this thing. Yeah. Now, he buffed that paint out, <laughs> put fresh gas in it. it yeah. It's no, this, is, this is like it's a shipwreck pulled off the ground. It's displayed. And he has a museum so then it kind of makes sense i guess it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he paid what he paid there was somebody right behind him with another bid <laughs> wow when you've got a museum what's the difference if it runs or not yeah. that, right, that, right. that is probably the top three most interesting things at his museum in a museum that is full of only extraordinary things other Absolutely. things that, he's got the veyron prototype in there that's really cool. that had a six speed in it it was a six a w16 with a stick Veyron. It's the blue one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he had the... Tiny. Galib- Galibier? Galib- the Veyron, uh, the four-door Bugatti concept. Mm, I don't know. Which was, I believe... It's oh. called G-A-L-I-B-I-E-R. Galibier. Hmm. Which was a, bu- a sedan Bugatti concept. There it is. Yep, yeah. he's got that. It's like a and Panamera. Wow. It looks like it looks sort of Panamera. But that was that well, that, that picture. I remember that's was very, out that's a actually long very pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice. It's that's not actually the one. I think the picture in the top right is the actual. That is the actual vehicle, and it's got the crazy multiple exhaust tips like they the Atlantic built Coupe. That. The they should have built that. They should have been sexy. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, yeah. the dorsal fin. Yeah, and he's got he has a something called a. Voisin Aerodyne. Oh which yeah, fabulous! I have a picture of that in my dining room. That is very, a, that's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. So Mullen, best uh, interiors. Yeah, and you can go visit this museum. This is a public museum that is open, and it's called Oxnard, California. It's in Oxnard. Yeah, just the Mullen. Uh, the, okay, wait. It's A E R O D Y N E. Yes, Aerodyne. Aerodyne, um, and that is a real crazy car. But. Fe- uh, I'd love to make a point, if if, if you don't mind. Uh, mm-hmm. With regards to the Bugatti from the lake that they pulled from the bottom and the ridiculous amount of money that it brought at auction, what some people don't understand is certain cars can add huge value to museums and to collections. So if you can buy a, a bookend or the the ultimate addition to a collection, it really raises the value of the entire collection. We appraised a Model T on um, on the show on on Sticker Shock. And Is that the guy who dressed in period in the trailer? No, 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 <laughs> no. We had one, and uh, it had driven. It was a famous car. It had driven all over the, the United States with a, a bunch of women behind the wheel. Every hmm. summer, they took this thousand or two mile trip to visit different things. Really? So it's a really, really famous car, and I, I appraised it and. I valued it, I think, in the thirty to fifty thousand range. Now, Pretty high for a T. A Model T should be three thousand <laughs> to five thousand. Yeah. But with the, the the history of this car, you could build an entire room at a museum or a collection with all the period pictures of the girls driving around and meeting Henry Ford. And so, um, unfortunately, a lot of that um, explanation was cut, and people are just like, "Oh, this guy thinks a Model T is worth you know thirty to fifty thousand. It's like, well. There's yeah. a longer story there. Right. It's, it would, it's a really important display piece. It's a display. Yeah, it's a it's a potentially revenue generating display piece. Exactly. It's not. 
it's not a Model <laughs> T that you would buy to just drive around. Exactly. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, our friend John Bothwell down in Costa Mesa is like the king of Model Ts. Oh, yeah. And he's, you know, we love this guy. He came with us. We made a, a crappy little movie where we bought some beaters and went off-road for a thousand miles. Really? Yeah, he came in a Model T. Oh, boy. He drove, his, he drove his Model T a thousand miles unprepped. His, grand, his great uncle got it new, modified it in period, gave it to him when he died. He changed the oil and brought it to Phoenix and drove it a thousand miles off road. On like tires from the 30s. Like, <laughs> he, no, he brought no, like, wow. like six extra tires, didn't use any of them. The car, <laughs> the car handled some of the off road sections far better than ours did because it had, you know, two feet of ground clearance and driving? it just skittered up. Everything. I was driving a Toyota Previa. I bought for sixteen hundred. He was driving a Hyundai Accent that he bought for six hundred. Six hundred. Because I was told the budget was a thousand dollars. When you're the boss, you're you the budget. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an amazing off road vehicle, and he's really since cool. built the Super T, which has the best of every period technology for off roading put onto the Model T. So it has like a valve cover and a water pump and a some sort of force-fed driven fuel system and drum brakes and like it's got a tr between the high-low, the gearbox and the transfer case. I think it's twelve gears. It's crazy. Oh it's so wow. fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. It's down at John's shop. Super t and it looks I, stock. I it looks normal. Call him. Other than having um, metal wheels instead of wood wheels. It looks completely stock. You'd never know. When hmm. then he has the high-speed T, right? That has he's like got a, a gold radiator. Yeah, that's he's a, got a, a T race shape. car. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Basically, like the whole cabin is off, and it's like a seat, a steering wheel, <laughs> and then the the radiator has been shaped into a wedge to cut through the air, you know, to hit 40 miles an hour or something Yeah, he like said that. it does mm -hmm. 70. This <laughs> 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 is he's a, he's a crazy person. Yeah. I mean... We saw we saw him in Dubai in one of his Persang uh, Bugatti uh, Type mm -hmm. 35s, 140 miles an hour in Dubai in that car oh. with no helmet and nothing, just open face. Just he got a photo ticket. He got a, actually got a ticket from a camera in Dubai, and the thing it's framed, that and he's like, cool. like bombs. <laughs> How do they know where to send that ticket? <laughs> I don't know. The facial recognition send got him with the visas over there. You know, they send get it you. To Argentina. All right, so I give you each got, each of you gets a million dollars, and you have to buy two cars. And oh while we're contemplating God. this, oh. join us if you're watching live on the Super Chat. If you have car investing questions, buying or selling questions, car inspecting questions, auction questions, hit us up on the Super Chat for Todd and Nick. Maybe we can answer some of your questions on the program. A million dollar budget, two cars. Todd, go. It's a really realistic uh, game. I would buy my first 911S back. I sold it under duress and wish that I could have it back. So that car's probably worth 175 grand. If I had a million to blow, it would probably pay up to 350 to get it from the guy that owns it that doesn't want to sell it. So that leaves 650 in the balance. Um, I would ask Nick if he wanted to split an F40. Good, and, that's uh, we, a good, oh, we, good one. We could yeah, go halves. Yeah, yeah. Halves, he's on an F40. Yeah, he lives yeah. close enough, and I sort of trust him. So <laughs> Bad. would you share an F40 with me? I, absolutely, yeah. There you go. There's I'd spend all million well, on a high-mile yeah. F40 yeah. and There's then my a Previa. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. 997500 for the F40 and then 1800 for a Previa. Yeah, they, <laughs> pretty good. And off-road. An off-road Previa. They're all off-road Previas. You just have oh, to commit. Think about it. Premier's mid-engine rear drive minivan. That's what a, about uh, the Mazda MPV, though? They were sweet. 
yeah. rappers preferred the MPV. Yeah. Uh, better ground clearance? Probably, but they didn't look good. No. The Previa looked better. Okay. And wasn't the MPV no, front-wheel drive? I don't think the MPV was... The oh, Previa was rear-wheel drive. But the there's, MPV came all-wheel drive, There's an MPV all-wheel drive. Oh, shit. Yeah. You got me there, buddy. Why don't you invite me on your next little off-road We didn't cheapie know each other. You're invited no, no, no. now. Come your on up. Your next one. Come your next one on I'm down. in, I'll get an MPV. Well, oh, look at that MPV. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, a, with a lift and yeah. some BFG yeah. ATs and a bash bar, that shit looks yeah. dope. Now I know where they got the Ford Edge design. That looks know. really good. <laughs> like, you know that's what an else attractive vehicle. Is really cheap, too, that you can get all-wheel drive and they're giant inside. You can get an R-Class Mercedes oh, yeah. for like four or five. Five grand, like a three fifty, and, and they are bigger yeah. than they're bigger than an E than an E series Ford van. <laughs> I mean, they will they will fit everything that you have in your. That's life. a good. That'd tip. be a lot of fun. We were just talking about the R sixty three on the last show. Yeah, that's that's kind of become a darling of the auction scene. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a high mileage three fifty to take off road. Lift it. That sounds like a sweet. good plan. I like that plan. My favorite of this this style of this MPV. Yeah. You know the Mitsubishi uh, Delica. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. my new favorite one. It's a JDM. I'm, I'm not an MPV guy. I'm no, no. You. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> an MPV guy. Either. I'm so happy. I'm not, but I do like this. This, the Mitsubishi Delica with the off-road package. Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Yep. This has got like a little mild lift on it, right-hand I drive. I so don't want one. No? And these things are small, too. Over. They're little. Yeah. Yeah. They're that will fall over. Probably. Probably, yeah. But you push it right back up. Because it's not good looking. It's not good looking, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be good looking, but I kind of like to roll up to Mammoth in one of those things. It's pretty yeah. sweet. Wow. I'm about them delete. A lot of body lift. I think, do you guys get down with the JDM imports yeah. at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, oh, yeah. are Skylines uh, doing well in the auctions? They're certainly picking up steam. They're certainly solidifying the market. There were a couple of high, a couple of lows. And now of the, they're, they're of the JDM, is that the, that's yeah. the mark to have as a Skyline, or is there something I, else coming up? I think the problem with Skylines is uh, you know, people are buying them in Japan and, and, and bringing them here because they're rare and you can get them in. Frankly, they're worth more in Japan. So as a business, I mean, Nick and I are both in the business. They make absolutely no sense. So you go to Tokyo, you buy one, you pay retail, you bring it here. It's worth less. Really? <laughs> wow. That I mean, that doesn't but make any sense. But if you import enough of them, you can probably make it up in volume. It's true. Right. Okay. So you by making up margins on the not great ones, like my, you can probably. That's, that's my personal. I bought a Skyline claim. here, and I yeah. had a very good experience. I I bought it from Sean Morris at uh, International Vehicle Importers. He's a okay. super super knowledgeable, great guy. Has a great uh, staff or a great stock of cars. Bought the car, drove it for six months, was happy with it, and made a fuckload of money when I sold nice. it. Nice. That's nice. I'm very wonder, happy about do you, it. Do you think the 32s weren't as collectible in Japan, so the costs were lower? Is it like Arth, all, all Skylines are expensive in Japan and here, or is it R34s that they have kind of, I don't know, fell back I, in love with? I think people here just judge the model and the body. I think there they're a lot more astute buyers, and they start looking at the engine. And you know, it's you know, you can get the higher performance. Oh, this is an N one block, and so you know, that's the race version. Um, they're a lot more technical and and picky, and they know what they're looking at. People here are just like, oh. That's an R32. It's not salvaged. Airplane, okay. Right. Dash bubble. <laughs> yeah. No dash bubble. Right. It's got a lot of Japanese characters on these on these pieces of metal. Sure. But actually, speaking of Japan and cars out of Japan, though, I am starting to see a lot of like 
you know, Euro spec RS Porsches, yeah. the rare Fleckbaus and, mm-hmm. and other exotics and interesting cars that are really clean coming out of Japan. Uh, like, wh- why are the Japanese dumping their 25-year-old cars on us right now? Um, well, the market here is higher for them. Um, you know, people are buying those Carrera 2 RSs yeah. uh, from Japan. Uh, they're in better condition than the ones that were sold to Europe, so lower miles. Um, but most things out of Japan have, have been repainted. Uh, they huh. will repaint a car at the drop of a hat. They have a completely different sensibility regarding originality than we do. So that's definitely that's making it. I hadn't thought about that's that. That's making it a tongue twister. Yeah, it was explained to me, and uh, I don't have personal knowledge of this, but it was explained to me that their insurance system is such that you can turn in a claim for dents <laughs> like or scratches, <laughs> dents or scratches every few years, and get and get a repaint. Oh wow, that's and so interesting. So we've had you know twelve thousand kilometer cars that you would think would be pristine, and, you know, two owner twelve thousand kilometers. And you get it's it in, and, the, and it's been totally repainted. And you're like, it's so weird. This is not going to work out. That's so interesting. When we were in Japan, granted, we were there for only a few days, and had, we were basically around Tokyo. But the, the main thing that stood out to me was there are no shit boxes. Yeah. There, are, there are cheap cars, <laughs> but they're mm-hmm. brand new, clean, very recently bought cheap cars you know there's like a steel wheel no power anything version of the Yaris or whatever for like right. 7,000 bucks but there's no like 20 year old beater cars they don't exist I can only imagine that it has to do with the the cost to own a car there in terms of parking the yeah. price of the roads I think if you're going to spend you know the equivalent of several hundred dollars a month just to park it and, and and use the roads, then you probably have another few hundred for a car payment as well. That's a good point. The payment itself could be the least expensive thing about exactly. using yeah, the roads exactly, in yeah. Japan. And, exactly. I, and I don't actually know how that math works. I don't either. And you make it up with uh, repaints. <laughs> I guess, yeah. And then when you sell the co- when you dump the car in America 25 right. exactly. years later. You sell it to a car dealer in Costa Mesa with no miles on it, but it's been painted twice. And uh, then you just laugh and go I to sushi. My friend, uh, my friend <laughs> Paul Zuckerman bought a Japanese, Japanese uh, what did he buy? Some A turbo, I think, that was Japanese. A 964 turbo was Japanese or some shit. Oh, no, it was an RS. It was a Carrera RS from Japan. Yeah. I'm going to have to make fun of him about repaints now. Where should I start Just looking? Have, <laughs> have, have him meter it. That car should be all less than five. All right. If he gets anything over a five... He should dump it. Oh, I gotta get a paint meter. I just <laughs> just want to drive him nuts. That's all I want to do is drive the guy nuts because he has so much money and all the best toys. He's all good cars. <laughs> is this Paul Zuckerman? Yeah, yeah. I you know, am, I'm assuming his car's very good. He he only has the very good cars. It seems. Well, he's very well. He's very well connected at this point to people that would keep him on the straight. And he's got the money. Got the money. <laughs> well, and plus, I mean, do you want to sell him anything that's that's not represented accurately? I mean, no, they'll show up and beat He's a lawyer. He's like, Hi, this is Paul Zuckerman. I want to buy a car from you. No, thanks. <laughs> Another buyer will come. Thank that's, you. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> Those guys are coming in tomorrow. Actually, you're going to record an episode of Spike's show here. Uh, what else do you want to tell the viewers about the show when and where can they find it wednesdays seven o'clock locally ten o'clock what's eastern. locally P- pacific pacific seven, okay ten, ten eastern, eastern seven pacific cool on discovery channel on discovery channel and social medias plug yeah. it plug it plug it i'm todd wertman on instagram todd wertman on facebook 
Uh, W-E-R-T-M-A-N. It's all one word. Yes. And Nick Smith 66 on... It's uh, Nick Dot Smith. Is it Nick Dot Smith? You, I don't he know. Said, you Todd said you were going to be shit at this. I've got a 15-year-old <laughs> child who takes care of all of this. Is that, your 15-year-old so. your social media manager? He is. <laughs> for God's sake, don't let him know he needs a paycheck for it. But yeah, he does. Uh, hey, uh, hey, kiddo. <laughs> Most people pay folks for that. <laughs> um, anything on the Super Chat, Tim, before we get out of here? Anything of interest? A couple. Oh, how was the shop Seattle? Uh, have you guys been up to Seattle much? No. Not in a while. I cool just scene about up there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Great people, great food, beautiful city. There's a place called The Shop that we discussed at last show. Um, it's a collector car storage place, mm-hmm. oh. but they also have do-it-yourself tools and lifts if you oh, want to work. that would oh, be right. cool. Yeah, and yeah. they have a full-service restaurant and bar. Oh, okay. And the restaurant and bar is open to the public. So you can actually hang out in yeah. Kirkland. There might be another yeah. one, but I stopped in and it was nice people and it was a really cool scene. And if I lived in Seattle, I would definitely be a member. Nice. Uh, let's see, Michael Park. Uh, thoughts on e on an E30 BMW for a first car, gentlemen? Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a thirty-year-old car. Yeah. yeah. So you are dealing with. Any and everything that can go wrong with yeah. a thirty-year-old car. On the other hand, you'll learn it's to a BMW. Learn if it's sorted, it's predictable. I, I drive old BMWs just to beat them up in LA and thrash them into the ground, and they're just great cars. We race old BMWs, and we we had mm-hmm. we we managed to get a three twenty-five to survive a, a full twenty-four hour enduro at VIR. Did you? A couple it times. did. I drove one over a mountain that we bought for nineteen hundred bucks. We put BFG tires on it. Drove it from here to Vegas over an off-road mountain and back. This is the same, Fine. by the way, the same car. So that car was bought Red Bull. Wow. Wow. It was. It was the same car. Oh, no, you no, sold, sold that, that one. one. And then we bought another one, yeah. which we turned into an off-road vehicle, and I drove it up a mountain in Colorado, Right. got almost over it, and then I punctured the fuel tank and had to get flat-toed off the mountain without fuel or power. We then turned that car into the race car that finished the race. So if you don't buy the E30, buy a good flatbed truck. Yes. Because apparently they're just as good to get over a car. E30s are, they're tough. They're, they're they tough they're little cars. I've, yeah. I've been looking for a good 325iX for a long time. The and IX they are just the not. Shit. The iX. An iX four-door they're is, hard is to the find. best looking E30. They're hard to find. Yeah. They're impossible to find. They're, Did they there, make the iX in a wagon as well? No. Okay. Not in the U.S. It. I don't know about otherwise. Two-door and four-door. Automatic manual. One of my favorite cars I've ever driven was a E30 coupe with uh, an S54 from the mm. E46 M3. Stock nice. S54 just dropped right in, and that uh, the E46 is a six-speed and differential. The car was like 2,400 pounds and 330 horsepower, and it had a fun- it had dry- uh, the throttle by wire with a functional sport button. It wow. was. Fucking fast! <laughs> it was so fast. It was beautiful. Great, great car. But even a, a 325 is lovely. Yeah. 318 is a little slow. I think that's it, huh? Is that our show, guys? Anything else on Super Chat before we call it, Tim? No! No. All right. The show is called Sticker Shock. Todd and Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you. There thank are you. other hosts on the show as well. There's, yeah. are, there's four of you, right? Addison Brown. And Randy, Randy Carlson. Addison and Randy, yes. And then the, the host host is Dennis Pitzenberger. Dennis Pitzenberger. He said that name like eight times in the in the 42-minute thing last night, and I could never re- – I tried to repronounce it every time. I forgot it every time. Dennis Pitzenberger. It was a fun show. It's a, it, it, it's a fun show. It's What I like about it is it's fully authentic. We did not get to go crawl over the cars for hours and hours and develop these opinions about them. It's, we're not actors. We really just kind of – 
had to discover the car kind of on camera, and that's what makes it a little bit more natural. I like that. It's a TV show without fraudulent bullshit written into right. it. And if it re- we watched it last night, is it the same warehouse as the This Is America video yes. was shot yeah, in? Yes. <laughs> yes. Good, yeah, yeah. good call, Zach. Yeah. yeah. yeah Bonus Bonus is still there, though. We're going to tear it down. It might not stay yeah, there. the old Firestone right? yeah. Tire Factory in Southgate. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. 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 Site of the Donald Glover This Is America video. Exactly. And of course... Uh, sticker shock on Wednesday nights Wednesday at ten seven uh, on Discovery Channel. Thank you, cool. Todd and Nick. Cool. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's easy. All you need is something to say, something to say it into. Hopefully, some kind of connection to the internet. Thanks, guys. Thank you, live audience. We will see you next time. Good day.